Hello, and welcome to this installment of Public Service Psychology Now, where we keep you updated on what is happening in Division 18. I'm Sharon Malinowski, and I'm joined by Jen Snyder, past president of Division 18, as well as Dr. Nadine Caslow, past president of Division 18. Today, we are continuing our 75th anniversary event and talking to Nadine about her time as president of the division. Dr. Kaslow is a professor in the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences in the Emory University School of Medicine, as well as Vice Chair for Faculty Development, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. She serves as Chief Psychologist and Director of the Grady NIA Project, Grady Health System, Director of the Atlanta Trauma Alliance, and director of the postdoctoral residency program in health service psychology at Emory University School of Medicine. She is a fellow of the Executive Leadership and Academy Medicine program, as well as a fellow of the Woodruff Leadership Academy. In addition to being president of Division 18, she was president of Divisions 12, 43, and 29, and served as APA president in 2014. She is past president of the American Board of Clinical Psychology and the American Board of Professional Psychology. In 2004, she received the Distinguished Contributions for Education and Training Award from the APA. And in 2006, she received a presidential citation from the APA for her efforts to assist displaced interns and postdoctoral fellows in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. Her primary areas of research focus include the culturally informed assessment and treatment of family violence and suicide in youths and adults, post-traumatic stress disorder and its treatment, couples and family therapy, women's mental health, integrated healthcare, and a competency-based approach to psychology education and supervision. A member of the Rosalind Carter Mental Health Advisory Board Dr. Caslow is the psychologist for the Atlanta Ballet and a frequent media guest. Welcome, Dr. Caslow. Welcome, Dr. Caslow, and thank you so much for agreeing to be interviewed today. Um, first off, what have you been doing since being the president of Division 18? Well, I guess, I, as all of us, I've been doing many things since being president of Division 18, but I thought that what I would focus on is some of what I've been doing throughout the pandemic. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, I launched a group called Caring Communities, which has primarily focused on healthcare workers initially in our health systems. And, and over time, it's become a, a more national and global um, program. And really what we've tried to do is provide support, education, guidance, um, tips, anything we could possibly think of to do to do to frontline healthcare workers, as well as the community. So this has been everything from creating a website with tip sheets, to running daily support groups, to myself and some of my colleagues going to the ICUs where the COVID patients have been um, hospitalized. I've actually been to one or more ICUs every week since the second week in March 2020 myself to provide support to our frontline healthcare workers. And unfortunately, in, in the past few weeks, that has been not just at Grady Health System, which is a 
our public hospital, our public safety net hospital, and Emory Healthcare hospitals, which are more private hospitals, but also unfortunately at our children's hospital, Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, as this sort of Delta variant wave has increasingly impacted children. The Caring Communities Platform, which is something my interprofessional cadre of colleagues and I have written up um, in professional articles, as well as been very active uh, team in terms of blogging, has hopefully helped people uh, more globally. Been involved with partnerships with the World Health Organization of Africa to provide support and guidance uh, to frontline healthcare workers in African nations, as well as uh, worked with the United States uh, US Department of State to uh, work with our embassies, primarily in African nations and throughout the Middle East to, to do similarly, both with the healthcare workers and also with the general population. So that's been a big part of what I've been up to since I was Division 18 president. Wow, that's amazing. And that sounds like a huge amount of work and also something that's just so helpful for people, especially for frontline workers in this year and a half going on almost two years that we've been dealing with this. So that's that's just amazing. Thank you for doing all of that. You're welcome. I, I've really come to appreciate that the giving to others during this time has really given me a sense of meaning and purpose. Um, and that's, I think, been so critical for everyone, for being resilient, for coping with the challenges of, of the pandemic and its multiple waves. Um, and I think early on, I felt like, well, what can I do? I don't have the skills, um, the talents, the training to save people's lives. And I, I initially felt really badly about that. And I, then I came to realize but maybe what I do have and what we do have as psychologists is the, the skills and the abilities to help the, take care of the emotional and psychological well-being of the people who have the skills to take care of the physical well-being of people, but they can't do that when they're burned out, so stressed out, so scared, so angry feeling so helpless and hopeless and anxious and depressed. And so if what, what we can do is take care of them so that they can save lives, then, then we're playing a critical role in navigating this pandemic. Yeah, I think that's a really fantastic point. That's really true. Well, um, what were some of the major issues that were going on in the division or at APA or in the country or the world that you felt like impacted uh, public service psychology during your term as president? Well, I think that there were an, a number of issues, one being sort of growing awareness of the importance of social justice, the importance of uh, social justice leadership, social justice advocacy. And I think a, a greater appreciation that we've talked a lot about psychologists being scientists and practitioners. I think we then added being scientists, practitioners and educators. And I think that as I was uh, division 18 president, I think that uh, more of an appreciation of the importance of being scientists, practitioners, educators, but also advocates and leaders. 
And so, and then having those efforts guided by our values. And so I think for myself and, and I believe for the division, having a sense that social justice was a critical value to guide the division's approach to leadership and efforts in advocacy. Yeah, definitely, definitely true over the last couple of years. So what were some of the accomplishments that you were most proud of during your year? So I guess in many ways, one of the accomplishments that I was most proud of is that we actually created a major strategic plan for the division. And we worked really hard um, on this strategic plan for the entire year that I was <laughs> president. It really helped us as a group uh, flesh out um, sort of who we were as a division. What was our identity? How our identity as a division, because we have so many sections, you know, what, would, what unified us across these sections? Getting clarity about that and then how our identity as a division fit within um, the larger organization of the American Psychological Association. So I think that was the first step in creating the plan. And then we really worked hard as a team to articulate our vision and our mission and a series of goals. And, um, and those goals had to do with both our relationship with APA, with the broader community, and also internally within the division. I think that a strategic plan is uh, really valuable and really important but only makes a difference if it's actually implemented. And so I really hope that it serves as a template for guiding the activities of the division. So I would say that that was one major thing that I really am very proud of. I feel like a second um, thing that I'm proud of is the focus that I placed on advocacy and that the division placed on advocacy and has continued to place on advocacy um, since that time. It was certainly a piece of the division before, but I don't really think it was front and center. And so I believe that both the strategic plan and hopefully some of the initiatives um, that I spearheaded while I was division president uh, had has advocacy as a more central part of that. And so just sort of some examples of uh, ways in which we did that. We uh, created a very functional uh, advocacy committee that's co-chaired and that has continued until this day. And now they do advocacy trainings and the like. So that, you know, that's sort of an infrastructure piece. Um, the division's journal, Psychological Services, um, had we I co-edited with uh, Jackie Gray, who's one of the associate editors of the Journal of Psychological Services and Lucy Alba, a former intern and postdoc of mine, um, a special issue on, uh, on advocacy in uh, public uh, service settings. This was actually the first time that the Journal of Psychological Services did a fully online um, issue. And part of why this was so important is that the, the journal was really running very behind in articles getting published. And it was gonna 
this special issue, while very important, was going to clog up the uh, projection of other articles even more. And it was going to take a long time for these articles to get out, which were quite timely. And so we decided to do and try an online only issue for the first time. All of the authors had a choice about whether or not to participate. And I think that it's become actually a very useful model for the division and for other um, APA journals as well. So that's a second thing. The third thing is that um, the division had a Twitter account when I took over as APA president, but there was essentially nothing on the Twitter account. And so really um, having much more of a social media presence. And that blossomed a lot while I was president and I followed that account closely and it continues uh, to flourish. And, and I'm really glad to hear that. And in addition, I think in terms of advocacy, a lot of programming at the convention also focused on uh, advocacy and public service psychology and my own presidential um, address at the convention uh, underscored psychologists. The, our, it's our collective responsibility uh, for psychologists in public service settings to be ad advocates and that that is really critical to our social contract with society. So I think those are just some of the major things that I would like to highlight. Thank you. Yeah, those are those are great. And I think you were amazingly prescient in that you know, I don't think we had even realized how much the uh, social justice and um, advocacy and things were going to become important to us in the subsequent years. But um, I think that you, yeah, absolutely set a great foundation for us to continue to work on that as a division. Thank you. Um, you have been a leader in a lot of contexts, but were there any lessons that you learned about yourself or about leadership as a result of being division president? Well, I think there were a couple of um, lessons that I learned that I, I guess I would like to share. And there are actually two, and they're, they're very, very different. The, the first was that when I um, took my board certification examination, actually for the third uh, specialty that I got board certified in, one of the questions that I was asked at my oral exam was what did I think was, would be my legacy in psychology? And I really didn't hesitate very long at that time. It was before I was APA president, but I, I, I answered the question and didn't hesitate very long. And it had to do with competency-based psychology education and training. And then they asked me a much um, more meaningful question which was, what did I wish that my legacy would be? And it took me a while to answer. And then my response was that I hoped that my legacy would be the priority I've placed on compassionate, culturally responsive and socially just services for people with serious and persistent mental health problems um, in public settings. And, and I knew that that actually wasn't, and, and not just my providing that care, but training and supervising other people to do the same thing. 
And I knew that that really wasn't my legacy. And that if I wanted that to be a piece of my legacy, then I needed to, to take steps that were consistent with that value. And so for me, I think part of my decision to uh, assume a leadership role in the division um, after I was APA president was, was really a step toward uh, my living out the value that I have in my own life that at the end of the day, while well, I've done many, many different things, what are the things that really matter to me? And it's, it is indeed providing quality care to very underserved, marginalized communities with significant mental health concerns. So that's sort of, I don't know if it's what I learned, but it was, it was a really important piece of that. And so I, I guess I learned about making leadership choices that are really very value-driven or prioritizing that. The second thing that I learned is, is I really emphasized early career psychologists when I was in the division. It was the first time uh, when I was president that we made the decision that one of the executive committee members would be an early career psychologist. Um, and that I really wanted to um, continue with the focus that I'd had throughout my career on empowering people early in their careers. And I think that to do that, I, I also really came to recognize and accept for myself that that also means that more senior people need to truly step aside, to be there as mentors, but to truly step aside. And so for me, I think there's a long history, honestly, of past presidents and within the APA running for this board, this committee, this office. And given that typically people win who have the most name recognition, past presidents almost always win any election that they run in simply because they have name recognition. Whether or not they have the relevant experience or expertise for that particular position, they win. Um, probably, you know, 49 out of 50 times or something. And and I think that I really came, made the decision while I was division 18 president, that to be true to my word, that it was really about empowering a pipeline of new leaders, that I would fully step aside from leadership roles within the organization and be there to support others, to encourage them, to mentor and guide them, but not to take a place that could be available to other people. And so I made that decision while I was Division 18 president and I have followed through with that decision. And while I certainly am willing to, to be involved and help out in ways that my experience or expertise could be helpful, it's not to take a leadership role. Uh, yeah, that's really interesting because I think those are kind of related. It's just that that idea of being very thoughtful about the leadership that you choose to do and um, and you know who else is around and kind of what's the context and things like that. Um, because I think it is easy often for psychologists to to just be like, oh, well, this is the next thing to do, and then there's this thing to do, and then this is the next thing to do, and not be really thinking about like. Is, is this in line with what I want? Is this going to you know, serve me? And are there other people that would be better at doing this? So 
Absolutely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, well, so along those lines, what advice do you have for those seeking to serve in Division 18 leadership? So I, I guess the advice I have is not very novel, but it's a couple of things. One is um, people often lack, can you hold on one second? Hold on. Yeah, of course, no problem. You know, this is not very novel advice, but I think that um, people often lack confidence and they're reluctant to apply, to run. Um, and, and quite frankly, I think people in public service are a very humble group of people and may be even less likely to apply, to run. So I think one thing is to, to encourage people to, if you're interested, to get involved. If one looks at my CV, you know, when you um, <coughs> shared in the introduction, my accomplishments, you talked about I past president of this and past president of that, but the truth is, and, and all that's true, but the truth is I had lots and lots and lots of roles before I was president of anything. I worked my way up in the system. I had lots of, you know, continuing education chair and lots of, you know, secretary roles and vice president roles and, you know, program committee roles. And, and that not expecting that you say, hello, I want to run for president, but that you get involved. You, if Division 18 is what speaks to you, you care about public service psychology, then I would say get involved, do your part, but, but don't think about jumping to be president before you've met people, uh, contributed, uh, learned about the system. And, um, and so I think those things are really, really important. I guess in keeping with what I've said before, I suggest that people get involved who are passionate about the vision and the mission and the goals of the division, not just because they're division hopping or because, well, this looks like a division that maybe I could get a leadership role in, but because they truly care about the work of the division. I also think that networking helps tremendously. And I know during the pandemic, it's definitely harder to do, but really meeting with people, engaging with people, uh, talking to people, I think we need to pull each other up and push each other up and hold each other's hands as we as we go forward. And I think that, you know, networking is a big, big part of that. And then I think when you're a leader, particularly a leader like a president of a division, people come in and they often, you know, say they wanna do these 10 things. Well, there's only so much you can do in one year of a leadership role. And I think it's more important to take on one or two things that you feel really strongly about that really matter to you and to the division in that moment. So for example, doing these podcasts right now is a very timely activity, but maybe wouldn't have made any sense when I was president and maybe won't make sense in a few years from now when somebody else is president, but they make sense right now. And so I think taking what you care about, but also 
being attuned to what's going on in the system, what's happening in the division, what's happening in the organization, what's happening in society more broadly and being nimble and flexible and adaptable. And so finding some combination, setting realistic goals and achieving those goals to the extent that's realistic and possible while simultaneously knowing sometimes things like a pandemic show up and you need to pivot from the goals that you have and have new goals and a, a new approach and that, that that's leadership. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I wonder what will, in five years, I wonder what um, unusual social media thing we'll be doing. I was gonna say TikToks, but not TikToks because those are hot right now, so. That's exactly <laughs> right. It'll be something we don't, we don't really know about. Right, you it'll know, be something, it'll yeah. Be something that will be different. Yep, but like it's a good, but yeah, that's the way to kind of keep the organization flexible and responsive and in, and also in uh, engaging people who are younger, which I think is really uh, important. Right, absolutely. And as, as somebody myself who may be somewhat older, but who really has enjoyed getting involved with social media, with Twitter and the like, um, yeah, I, I do think that for a division to be responsive to people who have been around for a long time, and have sort of been passionate about this work for a long time, as well as new people, that we need to find ways to speak to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you see for the future of Division 18? So I, I actually, you know, I was reflecting on that when I saw the questions that you were asking. And on the one hand, I'm like, well, I don't know. I've come to appreciate that I don't have a crystal ball. None of us do. And if you had asked me that question two years ago, I would have had no idea about what's happened in the past year and a half in terms of all the social injustice issues, in terms of you know, the, the sort of syndemic of social injustice and uh, COVID-19, you know, COVID-19. And so, you know, part of me says, I don't know. Another part of me says, is, is sort of having a broader picture of the organization that I see that divisions, some divisions grow, some divisions sort of uh, stay pretty much the same and some divisions sort of decline, um, in, not just in size, but also in engagement. And I see Division 18 as a growing division, an increasingly vibrant division, um, and a, a division that's increasingly sort of partnering with the larger organization. And, um, and so I think I'm very hopeful about that, and I'm very positive about that. I do not believe that public service psychology has really made its way sufficiently into the fabric of the organization. I don't think it's been, I don't think it's inconsistent in any way with the organization's values and priorities, but I don't believe it is uh, sort of front and center in the organization's priorities and values. And I'm really hoping that as the division grows, as um, there's more voice from the division that maybe it can do more to influence uh, APA policies, APA advocacy priorities, um, and the, the values and decisions of the organization. 
Well, yeah, I think that that's a great, um, that's a great thing to hope for. I hope that for that too. So, well, thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Caslow, and um, being interviewed for this podcast. Um, we appreciate hearing from you. Thank you so much. I am so glad you all are doing this. I think it's it's amazing. The division's going to be seventy five. I just sort of can't believe that. I was I don't know how old I thought the division was, but I was like, oh, the division's definitely older than me. Um, and that was kind of really uh, nice. And, but, you know, and of course, by the number of the division with it being, you know, 18, you know, it's been around a long time, but I just think it hasn't gotten the press and the attention that, that it deserves. And so um, I'm happy to contribute and I wish you the best of luck with but I think it's a very timely and important project. Well, thank you. And I hope that, yeah, I hope the best for the division too. So that and is I'll be it. happy to share it on my Twitter account once it <laughs> oh, comes great. out on the division Twitter account and you know, have a pretty nice following. So hopefully that will, will help get the word out. Yeah, thank you. We would love that. We'll, we'll, we'll set that up for sure. Right. Well, that is it for this installment of our podcast. Thank you everyone for listening. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to us so that you get notified of new episodes when they come out. Um, and thanks for listening. And we'll hear talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>